Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the bi-weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. Hello, and welcome to the Culinary School Stories podcast, a proud member of the Food Media Network. Before we begin today's episode, I want to ask you, the listener, a couple of questions. First, do you have a culinary school story that you would like to share? If so, we would love to hear it and have you as a guest on a future episode. To get the ball rolling, go to the show's website at www.culinaryschoolstories.com and then download and complete the guest information questionnaire. And that's pretty much it. You send that back to us by email and we will be back in touch as soon as we can to set up our chat. My second question is, how do you like the podcast so far? Hopefully you've listened to a couple of episodes and we want to know, is it good? bad? Is it entertaining? Maybe the information shared was helpful. Maybe inspirational. Whatever your thoughts might be, we want to hear them. Comments, questions, suggestions, any type of feedback, it is all good. So please let us know. And you can do that in a bunch of different ways. You can email us at culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. You can fill out one of the many comment boxes on our website, or you could even leave us a voicemail on our audience response hotline at area code 207-835-1275. Heck, maybe we'll even play your comments on a future episode. Alrighty, I now want to introduce you to Keyshawn Adams, who is today's guest and has just completed his fourth year of culinary school and is about to graduate. Keyshawn, welcome to the show, and let's start right out with the first question. All right, perfect. All right. Uh, just to start right off the bat, why did you go to culinary school? What drove you to culinary school? What's the background that you know, wanted, wanted you to go to a, a school and learn about cooking? All right. So my the reason I decided to go to culinary school was probably I decided this years and years ago. One, uh, one time along... Probably like 10 years ago, I would say. I was helping my grandma prepare dinner. And I don't know, for some reason, I was having a lot of fun doing it. We were like making uh, green beans and stuff. And ever since then, I've been saying I was going to be a chef. So that's the reason I chose to go to culinary school. Great. And you went to Johnson & Wales in my, the Miami campus. What made you pick Miami? Uh, the reason I chose the Miami campus uh, rather than, I'll say, the main campus was because it's smaller. And I prefer a smaller setting because I would like to uh, know my teachers and I definitely would like my teachers to know me. I think that's very important. And I think uh, Miami, I just felt like the way I am, it'll be easy for me to get connections. You know, Miami, you know, is just a live party city and I'm just a crazy, lively person. Cool. Did you did you tour any other culinary schools or campuses before you made your decision or came to the Miami campus? Uh, no, I did not actually tour any school, and I only did a virtual tour at Johnson and Wales, and I got hooked on it. Like it wasn't even anything official. I just 
just went on the website and saw the virtual store they had online. And I was like, yep, that's the school. And then I signed up for orientation. Awesome. Where were you originally from? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. So it's a long trip down to Miami. Long trip. Um, let's jump right in to think about your first day at school when you arrived on campus. What do you wish you had known when you started out? Something that I wish I would have known when I very first started out at Johnson & Wales University is that, you know, it takes time. Like, you don't have to come into school being the best. Like, for example, I was I came into school not having any culinary background, like unlike other people in my classroom. Let's say, for example, they did all types of culinary programs throughout their high school programs, different trainings and whatnot. Me, on the other hand, I literally whatever I just did at home, that's the only type of experience I had. So no real training experience. So me coming in, I was kind of nervous because I seen everybody else. They kind of already knew they knife cuts and whatnot. And I knew I was behind. So I was worried about, I wish I would have knew not to really focus on them as much and just to focus on myself and that I was going to get there. It's all in a day's work. Good, good. Um, did you have a plan before you started culinary school? What you thought you were going to get out of it and what you were going to do with that? knowledge like a certain job or profession or you just kind of went into it and, you know, tell us about what what your thought process was oh well my thought process well at the time at, during high school i was working in the kitchen at an assistant living home in bedford ohio light of hearts villa and i would always talk to my chef about uh the actual restaurant industry and whatnot and what i can do with a degree in culinary arts and, you know, he always tell me his different things, like I can join, uh, go into a restaurant, become a chef, go to a hotel. He just pretty much told me there's no not one solid thing you can do. So going into culinary school, I, I was open to anything. I was open to eventually being a chef in the restaurant or going to a hotel because there's so many different, you know, aspects of the kitchen. It's just not one specific you got thing you have to do like other majors. So I just went in there going for whatever I can take. Let me do a quick five-question lightning round with you. Let's do it. All right. Number one, what was your best class in culinary school? Uh, breakfast and lunch. What was your worst class? Uh, global, I think it was called cooking in the global marketplace or something like that. And when you graduate, are you going to be wearing, is, does your school have cap and gown or do you wear a chef coat with or without a toque? Uh, we're going to be wearing a cap and gown. Well, we were supposed to be wearing a cap and gown. Oh, what do you mean you're supposed to? Well, thanks to the, you know, global pandemic that we're going through, I guess, that the news says, the coronavirus, we had to postpone our ceremony for the time being. Oh, yeah, totally. Very tragic. Mm -hmm. Are you more of a black and white check type guy or are you a more chili pepper bright color type guy? Oh, definitely chili pepper, bright color. <laughs> you can see me. You know you know when I am. <laughs> what about shoes? More of an Oxford typical work shoe type or a clog type shoe? Mm, clogs, definitely, because they're easy slip on, slip off. All right, good. So thinking about culinary school, what advice would you give someone, you know, wanting to go to culinary school, wanting to kind of, you know, start out? What, what, what advice would you tell them about entering into this, this culinary education, these culinary schools? Um, the biggest piece of advice I can give someone who's entering culinary school, I would definitely say, definitely get involved with everything. There's so many things that, for example, my campus had, like we had our special function team, our culinary departments, 
where we go out in Miami, not even just Miami, just in Florida and do different events. Like I, I had cooked at Viscay, the Viscay mansions. I did different interactive dinners in front of millionaires. I went on, uh, went along with the Sobe Fest. I got to participate in that. And all that did was it expanded, you know, my connections. Now I have people that I never would have known. Like, for example, Michael Simon, he's from Cleveland, Ohio, like me. And thanks to the special function team, I got to get a picture with him. So I definitely would say get involved and do everything you can. Don't get caught back. You know, you may get homesick for a little while, but make sure you get involved. That's going to make you get uh, out of that homesickness. And at the end of the day, it's just going to benefit you. All right. What is the one common myth about culinary school that you, know, you hear that you don't you want to debunk? You don't believe it. Oh, one common myth that uh, all the chef instructors are like evil and they, you know expect everything to be perfect. That is actually the furthest from the truth. Every chef instructor that I had has been the most. They I would I wouldn't say they were laid back because that would make it seem like they were lazy. But they made you comfortable. Like I was comfortable with every one of my chef instructors. I wasn't scared to ask them a question about anything, even if it was the same question a million times. And I know you'll know that. Like I'll ask the same thing over and over. And that's what one thing that I appreciate appreciated about you all. So that's one myth I wanted to debunk. That the chef instructors, they're there for you and they're not gonna be hard. Great. Let's switch gears here. Let me ask you about a challenge. What's one big challenge you faced in culinary school? What lesson did you learn from it? Uh one big challenge I would say I faced was uh I would have to say okay, my motivation, because like I say, this is college or culinary school, so a lot of the work is going to be put on you to be, uh, for you to be doing by yourself. And no one's really going to be holding your hand along the way since this is college. So I would say that was one challenge I faced just because I'm a I'm a person that jumps from A to D. Like I can go from zero to 50, like just jump from one thing to another in two seconds. So I had to keep focus, me keeping focus and just, you know, actually finishing something. So I would say it was my biggest challenge. But now there were resources out there that did help me uh, finish now. Like, for example, the chefs, whenever I had a challenge or something, I will just go to one of you all. And it was like, boom, cake, simple. We finished it. Good. So speaking of that, what are the resources were there that helped you along the way um, through your culinary school, you know, maybe those first few years? Or, you know, what's some you know, books maybe you'd recommend or something that someone would do? What's some resources that you might uh, advise? A book that I definitely will recommend getting you through culinary school and actually using is the book that my school, Johnson Wills University, provided for us. Um, I used that school from the first day, used that book from the first day all the way to the last day of school. Actually, it applied to every class throughout all four years, and I'm pretty sure it's still going to apply to different things that um, I'm going to do throughout my life. So if you want that book, I suggest you know apply to go to Johnson Wills University. Um, some other resources that they had out there were I had a lot, actually, a lot of mentors. Just actually, other other culinary students that were doing the same thing. Um, one good thing about culinary school is the way Johnson and Wells did it. We were in labs, and we let's say we were in labs for a whole trimester, however much was that, like three or six months or something. I don't know, but we would be in the set. We would be with the same group of students for each of our set of labs. So we would develop like. Re- nice relationships with all these students and we were all there for each other we were like a family you know we had our good days and our bad days so that's definitely what helped me get through good 
Let's think about something you failed at. You know, what obstacle or roadblocks got in your way? How did you get through them? You know, what, think about one of your biggest failures. And, you know, what did you do to overcome it? Or what did you learn? What was the takeaway? Okay, I would probably say my biggest failure, I would say, is I could have done more, actually, even though I did a lot. I got into the game, actually, like, now, even though I joined, you know, my freshman year, I came and I was actually that person that didn't get involved in everything. I didn't actually start doing stuff actually for like my sophomore and junior year. So that I, I was already put behind on some stuff. Like, for example, if I would have did certain things my freshman year, I would have known certain people that would have helped me. I would be in a different position by now. This is different things. I mean, I wouldn't say I necessarily failed at everything because I'm getting my degree and I got a lot out of it. So. Yeah, that's one thing I would probably change, though, is I would have definitely got involved sooner and took advantage of all the resources that we had. What do you think is the future of culinary school? Where do you see it going? I actually see a lot of stuff going online when it comes to culinary school. You know, there's a lot of different types of culinary things coming out. For example, like we're doing this podcast. A couple of years ago, you would never think anybody would get get on a podcast talking about different culinary things. So I think like it's going to be a lot more virtual culinary things. And that's going to be interesting to see take place. Um, as well as, in my opinion, uh, I want to say it's going to be a lot of more. It's going to be they're going to combine more like the, of the business aspect to it as well. A lot more people are want to be entrepreneurs and want to um, open up their own thing. And I believe people out there would rather buy from, you know, locally thing, local things now instead of like big companies. I think we change it. Okay. And staying with that future theme, what is your future? What is your plans? Where do you see yourself in a year, five years? Where are you going? Oh, man, I see literally me. I see myself doing everything possible. I want to do so many things in the culinary world. I want to, you know, first start off a year from now, I first see myself, and I just want to, right now, a year from now, I just want to be working, hopefully, as some type of assistant, assistant manager in some type of kitchen, or an assistant living home, or type of the healthcare industry, because what I've been learning recently, especially after this pandemic, they used to always say this, you always have a job if you want to be a chef, because people always got to eat. But during this pandemic, that's been proven false, because all these restaurants are closed. But the only type of cooking people that have jobs right now are people working in the healthcare industry. So I've definitely been looking into working in like a kitchen, hospitals, or an assistant living at home. So that's what I definitely see myself in a year. Now, down the line, after I save money and after I get way more expensive, I'm definitely going to um, open my own food truck. I definitely see myself succeeding in that, not only with my personality, because I have an idea. I actually learned this idea from a chef, too, in an instructor school and my school. So, and you never you never thought about this thing, and I'm actually going to go with it. That's how I know it's going to be successful, because you just got to run with stuff these days and just believe in it. This pandemic definitely has taken our industry first, you know, tossed it upside down, so... Oh, definitely. It's, it's horrible. Uh, do, you, do you know, uh, personally, people that have been affected, lost jobs in your industry? Yeah, I, lo- I lost my job. at a, I'm work- I was working at Serafina at, uh, in Aventura Mall. Now that they, since they uh, they issued the stay-at-home order and everything, and it's only takeout, there's, not need for, uh, there's no need for all these cooks and whatnot. So they're telling all of us to try to get on uh, unemployment and whatnot. But those websites barely even work. Hey, tell me about that. How did they How did they inform the staff or all of you? How did they tell you? Did they call you in or was it an email? Was it- oh, I would, say, I would say it was actually done in a very unprofessional matter, but 
the reason I'm not too offended is because I was getting ready to leave anyways, because I am getting ready to graduate school. But so this is what this is how it happened. So I say two weeks ago is when everything first happened, you know, everything they started shutting down the restaurants. It's only takeout only. So they told everyone, all right, you know, just go home. We'll call you all when they come in. So two weeks went by and then each employee got a phone call and also was a message on this uh, scheduling app called Hot Schedules. And all it said is, you know, we've come to the decision that we're going to be laying off everyone. And once we re- uh, once we open up again in the future, you can all reapply, but there's no guarantee that you're going to be hired. So they waited two weeks to tell everyone that they were getting rid of them when these people in the two weeks they could have been looking for other jobs. They, but they weren't because they were under the assumption that, you know, this is not a permanent thing and they will be getting back to their regular jobs. So it was a very, it was a very unprofessional way they did it. Yeah. Um, many people believe that culinary school or the kitchen or this industry is really challenging, you know, to the point that it's overwhelming, too much to handle. Why do you think people believe that? And, you know, why do they think that, you know, our industry, or even culinary school. Why do people think culinary school is going to be hard? Or do they think it's challenging? Maybe they don't. I mean, what do you think people's perception is of the kitchen? No, people people definitely think the kitchen is challenging. And I would say it's challenging, but only for people who don't have a passion for it. Like, for example, lots of chefs, they don't get holidays off. They don't get birthdays off. They work, a lot of chefs work all year round. For example, they don't get lots of time with their family. So that could be straining on a, a lot of people. But chefs, they go into it. Like, we know this going into it. Like, we learned this in school. You guys tell us this right off the bat. So we go on where we prepare to go. So I don't see it as challenging. And like me, I'm not necessarily a family person. I, I like the family I have. I don't plan on really getting invested in too much more. So I'm okay with being in the restaurant or holidays and whatnot. That's perfectly fine with me. I actually like that more money. <laughs> okay. Who are the three people who have been the most influential to you, who taught you, who guided you in your career? You know, it could be a mentor, it could be a relative, someone you know, someone you never met, maybe you just read about. Who are the three people most influential to you? All right, I would probably say first is uh, Michael Simon because he is from Cleveland, so... He really inspired me. I'm like, wow, somebody who was from Cleveland got to become this famous celebrity chef. So I really look at him and a lot of stuff he do because I feel like that's going to I'm going to mirror a lot of stuff what he do. But not even mirror. I'm going to I'm going to do it better than him. I'm going to try to follow in his footsteps. That's what I do. So that's the first one. My second one. It's my mother. You know, I got to do this for my mother. Uh, I'm going to make us rich one day because we weren't the richest people growing up now, but I'm going to make us super rich. We're going to be in that. We're going to be in that wealthy class. We're going to be that 1% one day. Trust me. <laughs> and number three, actually, and I'm not just saying this now. Now, another person that inspired me is actually you, Jeff. You didn't taught me a lot of different things. And actually, you didn't got me thinking about different career paths. That I didn't even think I can go into like voice things and a lot of different things. I'm looking into all different types of stuff because of you. Wow, actually. Thank you. I'm honored to be one of your top three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I can help you become that super rich person that you want. Oh yeah, definitely. I think you'll be successful. Yeah. I'm not too worried actually. I not to toot my own horn, but I, I know how to adapt. Okay, so what what story do you have? You must have a lot of stories being in culinary school for uh, three years, four years. 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens. What's what's a good story that you want to share with us? There's something, you know, that happened to you, happened to someone else, something you know. Maybe it's funny, maybe it's tragic, maybe it's sad, maybe it's inspirational. Give us a story or two. Oh, okay. This is actually an experience from my first, my literally the first day of school. It was like my first culinary lab. So we, you know, it's the first day of school. We all get our knife kit. All our knives are extremely sharp because like they've never been used and they're brand new. And that's the first thing the chefs tell us too, when we get it, be careful. So this is honestly one of my very first times holding a real sharp professional knife. I was so nervous. Now in my head, I was thinking, just please don't be the first person to cut your finger. That's all. That's all. I'll be, I, it'll be a successful day if I can get through the first day without being the first to cut my finger. So we go into like 10 minutes of the class and all of a sudden I hear somebody scream. And then I looked over, some girl cut her finger all the way down the thing. Now, it was very tragic for the girl, but I cannot tell you how happy I was that somebody <laughs> cut their finger before me. And then I think because I was happy about it, actually later on in the class, I did cut, end up cutting my finger. It wasn't that bad, it was a little cut. So I wasn't too nervous. I wasn't too mad about it, because as long as I wasn't the first, and that's what something that happened. I found that very funny. It's kind of a rite of passage, right? You gotta cut yourself, you gotta yeah. test those tools out. Yeah, and she cut her finger pretty badly, actually. I think she needed stitches. <laughs> wow. Well, I bet she remembers it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had mentioned you had some tips, I guess. I was looking at your questionnaire here. You have some tips that you want to share with people or some tips that helped you. So tell us about those tips. All right. My first tip definitely is for this is first to be for the shot people that's out there. Um, you definitely got to be outgoing. Try your hardest to just try something different. You know, when I first came to Johnson & Wales, I was shy. And it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe this. Many people won't believe it, but I was shy and not very outgoing. But then, you know, I started, I got my group of friends, a close group of friends, and I got comfortable with them. And we could develop a great relationship. And then they taught me to be more confident with myself. So that taught me to be more outgoing to other people. And because of that, that's why, like, almost every person on campus knew me. Everywhere I went, every teacher from the president all the way down to every custodian that walked around the flamingo halls so just always be outgoing uh, outgoing bright person because you want people to remember you that's my first tip now my second tip is you're not always gonna have good days it's gonna be some days where you wake up late it's gonna be some days you miss your class but it's not the end of the world just keep going everyone has their uh bad days and trust me i had my share but but you know everyone's here to help you so never be scared to just go out there and ask for help. And my third tip, well, the most important tip is definitely make sure you have fun. It's gonna go by quick at the end of the day. Like I'm gonna be graduating at the end of May and I just feel like I just walked into school last year. I made a whole bunch of memories and I made a countless amount of friends that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. And I'm and I'm happy I enjoyed the experience. And I'm happy I didn't, you, you don't just worry about school the whole time. Now, you know, you got to make sure you get your good grades and everything. But I ended school pretty well. I'm ending with a 3.0 and I had my and I had my fair share of fun. So I think that's a win. So you think you've changed then from that first day walking into school to now you're almost walking across the stage or at least walking out the door and you're going to be done with your four years degree. Uh, you think you've changed. Huh? You've grown. You're a different person. 
the people back home, when I talk to people back home, they don't recognize me. When they see me, they wow, Keyshawn. Like, I've grown my hair out. My appearance is different. I'm like a new person. The only thing the same is my name. <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to ask you, was it worth it? Was it worth the money? Was it worth the time? Was it worth the learning? Did you, did you come away with, you know, return on investment? Tell us, tell us about your thoughts on that. Well, was culinary school worth leaving my all my family all the way in Ohio coming to Florida? Was culinary school worth me spending thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? And was culinary school worth me being stressed for the last four, four years of my life? I will completely 100% say yes, because now it's put me somewhere where I can apply for positions that where I'm making almost $50,000 a year. And I'm not even 22 years. Old. I mean, I just turned 22 years old. Like I'm going to be almost be making more money than my parents and they're way older than me culinary. So college definitely does put you ahead of other people that didn't go to college. In my opinion, let's say I didn't do anything. If I would just stay in Ohio, I would probably be a hundred pounds heavier and just living off my mind. If I didn't go end up coming here to Miami to go to culinary school. So I'm actually happy I did that and I think it's worth it. Good. What's one thing they don't tell you about culinary school? You know, admissions or, you know, be friends and, you know, what's the real, the underbelly? What is the one thing that, you know, you're like, aha, they don't tell you that. Something that they don't tell you in culinary school that it's not just all in the kitchen work. There is a lot of research project. It's not all just cooking. That, and I came into this, that's one thing I didn't know. I came into this thinking a lot of it, oh, this is going to be, you know, being a chef is just cooking. When in actuality, there's a lot of math. There's a lot of research that has to be done. Like, in my opinion, chefs are like scientists. Like, there's so much to culinary arts. I understand why it's a bachelor's in science that they give now, because it literally is a science. There's so much to it. It's not just cooking and cutting and seasoning. Um, you've been in the industry now. You've worked in some different restaurants. You've worked in you know, some of the healthcare facilities you mentioned in the, in the back of the house there. It, is, is it what you expected being in after culinary school? Is it, did they portray it to be an accurate picture for you, painted for the students? Uh, it definitely it definitely is the way they portray it. The only thing I didn't get a sense of actually is how uh, vulgar the industry out there was. It's very great. Now, I love it. Now, certain people not going to love it, but so like, let's just say, for example, if you if you don't have tough skin, you can't take a joke or like certain language you don't like to hear. The kitchen is not for you. Now, many kitchens are like this. Like, it's, it's starting to change. Like, it is definitely starting to change. Like, I've actually seen some people get in trouble for some things they said, but it's definitely still very vulgar. So that's one thing I was not prepared for. But I find it I find it very funny because I'm just a very outgoing and funny person. So I can take it. But certain people, if, you, if you're very sensitive, I wouldn't recommend it. Or I would watch. I would definitely, when applying for a job, ask about, you know, their different policies they have if you are very sensitive. Vulgar, what do you mean by that? The language is like profanity? Is it the way they say it? They act? The language, oh yeah, the things they say, the things that are talked about, you know, what, what some people may call locker room tone. <laughs> where do you think that stems from? Do you think that's from management? Is that the chef? Is that the, they just allow it? Oh, it's definitely, it definitely stems from management. 
because I've worked at some places where they didn't put up with that stuff and other places where it was the chefs being the bolder ones. So it just trickled its way down to the employees. So it definitely it comes from the stems from the management. Wow. Let me ask you, is that mostly a uh, majority male or is that female, both? Oh, majority male. I Yeah, definitely male. Every, like, whenever I work with like women in the kitchen, they've never actually, have I ever worked? I've never actually worked for a woman chef or anything. And that's crazy that I worked in a couple of kitchens, but all the, all the very ones, yeah, they're chefs. Yeah. So you never worked in an, in the industry for a female chef or manager, but what about in culinary labs, you had male and female instructors. Did you see any difference between the two? Oh yeah, the I same? definitely did. Was, it the, was there a difference because of their gender? Uh, I would say I definitely seen a difference between my male and female uh, professors. I don't know if it's necessarily because of their uh, gender, maybe just their personalities. Like, for example, one I had one female instructor. It was like one of the best teachers I've ever had in my life. And then I had another female instructor where she was literally, it was, she was the worst teacher of my life. Like, I'm not going to say any names or anything. I'll say the name of the best teacher I had, one of the best female teachers. Her name was Chef uh Chef Coma. That was one of the best female, you know, that I like a woman that can lead and she led. Now, the, but the other professor, on the other hand, you can tell a teacher can't teach when the class, when she doesn't have control of the class. Like the class, we pretty much lay at her. Like we were walking in the lab. She really, she wouldn't start off by laying anything down when we going to do. So we went in like, are right, we going to do this and do this? And by the middle of class, and we everybody doing their own thing, and there's no way she can get our attention to control anymore. So she just let us go off and do whatever. And actually, I wish I was able to take that path again. I mentioned it, it was the worst path I took. It was cooking in the global marketplace. I mean, I, the chef, I think she was new. She didn't have any other teaching experience, but the school got rid of her after a lot of complaints. So we didn't have to, nobody else had to worry about this lady. Uh, let me ask you, staying on that same uh, topic there, do you see differences in the lab between male and female students? Do you see a different attitude or approach or anything that you could add to that? Um, I would definitely say I've seen the girls took the labs way more seriously than the men in the labs because you will always see actually the girls like when we would break down into the groups, the girls of the group would be the ones taking charge and like let's see the pro like during the project. The women we they didn't trust us to do like all the pen and paper work and like the the nitty gritty. And I don't blame them because I wouldn't trust myself to do it either sometimes. And now them on the other, they was like, I mean, they cared about their grade. They was like, I'm getting this grade. I know how to do it. They set the mind down. They was like, you doing this and this from the beginning. Every from every girl I ever had in that, they was like, you doing this, this, and this, this, and this. And it was no question asked. They laid down the law. That's one thing I would say. And the, yeah, they didn't, and they didn't take any crap wine in the kitchen because they did was a girl or anything. So they took control of the academic part. How were they with the culinary, the kitchen part, being the chef of the day? They were just as good as that too. Like, like I say, for example, they was the group lead. They were saying, "Are you doing this, this, and this? You doing this and this?" They like ran the show, and I was just like, "All right, I just fell in line. No questions asked." They were always the first to jump up and want to do this stuff because they were always taking more seriously. And I probably they probably took it more seriously because just because maybe it's harder. Like for example, they have different uh, stereotypes for them. Like it's not that many women in the kitchen, so they got to work. You know. They, for example, they probably work on harder to get in the kitchen. Like, it is a stereotype. It's not true, but, you know, just different stuff like that. So why do you think they're more academically or leadership is above males? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure really. They just they just take it more seriously. Yeah, are they more driven? Yeah, the men and I because I don't want to say because it'll sound bad if I say it's easier for men. That's why they don't take things as seriously. But it's kind of the truth, though. It's the sad truth. Like women, they have to work harder for certain things. So do you think that'll make them better chefs, better management? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely at the end of the day. So if you were going to hire a male or a female, would you go that far to say you'd pick a female? Oh, no. Well, I mean, it depends. I wouldn't. um, The gender wouldn't matter to me. I, it would if I can get along with the person, and not necessarily the thing about me is not even their skills either or they gender during the day. Is if I can get along with the person I work with. As long as you're a down to earth person that never caused any problems or issues, I will hire you. you know, in culinary school too, a lot of people think it's just going to be cooking, but in most schools, most programs, you also take front of the house and baking and pastry. How are those for you? Oh, actually, my baking and pastry classes were very fun. The instructors that I had were extremely funny. Like, I didn't expect them to be as funny as, as they were. One chef I had was Chef Azar, and another chef I had was Chef Popsick. They were very laid back, the chefs. You know, they, they knew what they were doing. They amazed all of us, definitely, with the different things that they showed us, what they do, like the things you can do with bacon and pastry. So I actually say there was, those were a couple of my more fun, exciting lives. In front of the house? In front of the house, uh, definitely now. Front of the house is a whole different ballpark. It's so many things to it. I never knew that. Now, I was like, if my sister lived at home, I set up the dining room and stuff for the residents every day. But until I got to school, I didn't know. It's like certain measurements, everything had to be the different polishing techniques. I never knew all those. There's a lot to it, and uh, I like it. serving from the different sides. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else you want to share with a someone that's going to go to culinary school, someone that's thinking about it, someone that's uh, you know jumping into this career? Any last minute things you would tell them? Um, you know, I just want to say, go for it. You know, whatever you got to do to do it, just go for it. Don't worry about. Okay, maybe you had to take out a loan. Maybe you have to do something, borrow that money. It don't matter. You'll pay it back one day. Just do it. It's going to be worth it at the end. You got to invest in yourself because nobody else can do it if you don't invest yourself. Good. Any preparation advice they should do before they get there? Yes. Make sure you know how to cook a little. <laughs> get some experience. Yeah, not that much, but, you know, make sure you know the basics. Like, make sure you know how to boil an egg. You know, just the real ba- scramble some eggs. Just the real basic stuff. Great. All righty. I guess that's about it. All right. Perfect. And I appreciate you having me on this. All right. Well, thanks a lot. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show, so please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. That's culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next culinary school story, take care and be well. Bye-bye.